Hi, friends. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you like what we talk about here on the Belonging Podcast, I think you'll really love my book. It's called Root and Ritual, Timeless Ways to Connect to Land, Lineage, Community, and the Self. And it is available right now wherever books are sold. It is a beautifully illustrated guide to connecting with the earth, your ancestors, and your communities as you come home to your whole self. Though we live in a radically different looking world, the needs of our bodies and spirits are the same as the ancestors we come from. I divide this book into four parts, land, lineage, community, and self, and I take you on a journey for engaging more deeply with your life. I provide stories from my own life and I share rituals, recipes, and ancestral wisdom, journal prompts to support you on your individual and unique and sacred path. You can get more info and bonuses at rootandritualbook.com and pick it up at your favorite bookstore online or in person. Thanks for all your support. It means the world to me. Welcome to Belonging, a podcast that explores how to come home to yourself in the age of loneliness. I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on a journey of courageous reconnection. As we explore topics like ancestral wisdom, cultivating meaningful sisterhood, living with the seasons and cycles of the earth and your body, and what it means to be a good ancestor. Hello, and welcome back to Belonging, the podcast. It's Becca Piastrelli here, your hostess and guide. Happy September, those of you who are listening in September. I, If you're on my email list, you probably saw this morning when I sent out my weekly email that I had a little bit of a rant about pumpkin spice lattes and the fact that they are out the earliest they've ever been this year. And what does this mean? Is the world gone mad? And I had a little theory about that, mostly that we are feeling the anxiety of seasonal transition between summer and fall. Summer is, you know, very expansive and hot and slower. And fall is rapidly declining temperatures, but actually doesn't always decline linearly as we know, right? There's like false summer. I saw this meme. It's like false summer or false fall and then second summer and then real fall. And I was like, yeah, those temperatures fluctuate. And also it's a time of busyness. It's a, it's a busy season. Ancestrally, it's a time of harvest and movement and getting everything done before frost comes. And in late capitalism, it's like school and you know, getting ready to finish out the last quarter and whatever it is, meet your sales goals and get the things done. And certainly I feel that harvest energy and I feel that like anxiety over, over the doing and my energy increasing. Anyways, I think the pumpkin spice lattes, I would say the pumpkin spice lattes are a way for us to bridge that anxiety. I should share more about that in my email. If you're not on my newsletter list, I highly recommend it. I share things there I don't always share on social media or on my podcast. You can go to BeccaPiastrelli.com and you can sign up right on that page if you want to get me in your inbox too. I really try to not be an inbox burden because those are lame. 
and really share wisdom and connect with you on a more deeper level, get you to take that deeper breath, if you will. Speaking of technology, today we are talking about it in a major way. It's so interesting because we're talking about social media on this episode, and I had tried to record this, record me recording this intro on Instagram stories, and it was so distracting from me being in the flow, like talking to you, like sitting down with a friend, a cup of tea. I always want to talk to you, like we're sitting together on my couch. And I was like, what am I doing? This is so meta, like me talking about the way social media has disrupted our lives and then doing that. So anyways, I put that phone down and I deleted that file and started over. I'm introducing you to my friend, Julie Santiago today. And actually she is interviewing me for this episode. I have recently made a lot of changes in my business. I've recently closed the Creative Sisterhood, which is a community and program I've run for four years. And I want to send out a lot of love to my listeners who have been in that Creative Sisterhood. Hundreds of people have been in it. And it was such a beautiful experience and it was time to complete. And I've had this new thing coming through me. I've given it a lot of space, which is new for me. I didn't rush and create it. I really let it work its way through me all spring and summer. And it's about to come out. And I was talking to my friend Julie about it. She's an incredible coach and amazing friend and is a really good mirror. You know, those kinds of friends who are like, here's what I'm hearing you say. I'm holding up this mirror so you can hear yourself. I'm like, thank you so much. And we got to how I want to serve in this new capacity with this powerful new program, but also navigate technology addiction, social media and phone issues that so many of us have while also wanting to be accessible to people all over the world. And so we decided to record a bit of what we talked about, particularly when it comes to Facebook. And I got something to say about it, friends. So I'm wondering if you too have a little bit of maybe ambivalence or like some days you want to delete your app, whatever app it is, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. That's the new hot thing, guys, just so you know. Or if you want to have better boundaries around it or you're like full on addicted and you don't want to you don't want to admit it or you do admit it and you wish you could change it. We talk about the psychology of addiction. We talk about how these devices and these apps are engineered for our addiction and really looking at ways to empower ourselves to do something about it, which is interesting because Julie has done something very different than what I have done, which I think is really helpful to hear. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. And um, this is me and my friend, Julie Santiago, talking about social media and technology addiction. Enjoy. Hi. 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 <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm just imagining us sitting at your table right now. That upstairs is like so, your table or your couch or just somewhere. And it's just like we have tea in front of us. Yeah. And we would. Yeah, we would. And maybe some snacks. And here we are. Here we are. Everyone, this is Julie Santiago. Hmm. And um, she is a dear friend, sister level friend. I used to say a dear sister of mine, but I could see confusion in people's eyes around what, what? 
around like, are you blood cis? What does that mean? You, you know kind of I mean? look alike. You could be. We could be. Yeah, yeah. But you are not my blood sister. You are a soul sister, a sister friend, a deep and meaningful person in my life that um, we sort of had a slow play. Mm-hmm. We, it's almost like we had courtship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we, you know, slowly wove together a deep and beautiful bond. Um, And you're also a women's life and leadership coach and you're very, very good at what you do. So the reason I have Julie on today is because I want to talk about my and our relationship with um, social media and technology and my phone. And Julie is someone I've been talking to about this for, I think, years now, honestly. And she's been supporting me in the creation of my new program. And I had some pretty deep confusion around how to create community in an era where we may be looking for it in places where we actually aren't getting connection and on a deep, deep level. So Julie said, how about I interview you? How about we have a conversation? I was like, yes, please. So (laughs) welcome. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, soul sister of mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy, Becca, your your podcast is such a gift. Your work is such a gift. And this is such an important conversation for us to have. I deeply believe this is so much of your work. I know you hold this piece for many people. So it feels like an honor to be here quote unquote, interviewing you slash just yeah. talking about all of yeah. this. Um, it feels, it feels like an honor and, and I, and I am excited to see what unfolds and I'm really excited for everybody listening. You know, Becca, I think my first, if you're open, are you open to me just kind of jumping in with my first question Let's do it. for Let's you? Do it. So I, I mean, we, you and I were talking about intentions before our own intentions and, you know, for this conversation. And if you're open to it, I think that would be a beautiful place for you to start. Just if, if you're, if you're willing to share, what is your intention for, for this interview today, for this podcast, for sharing at this level, something that, you know, you've been in internal debate with for a while, but what is your intention in bringing it out to your community? in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two things that come to mind. The first is permission. It's permission to all of us to choose how we find community, how we create connection, choose differently from the things that aren't nourishing us that we may feel a little bit of an addiction to or um We'll talk later probably about the dopamine hit, the counterfeit connection, where we know deep down in ourselves this actually isn't really serving the greater intention we want for it, the greater purpose. And it's hard to shift patterns. It's hard to shift habits. So this is permission to me, permission to you, permission to everyone to make a different choice. Mm. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk make sure people knew is that I'm in my own process, Mm -hmm. you know, that I 
I said, I want you to interview me, but I don't want this to be like a panel of experts. Like you and I are in process <laughs> around this too. Our relationships with social media, our relationships with our phones, our relationships with all of this, what we're craving and how we're getting what we're craving and how we're not getting how we're craving. So I want everyone to hear the real raw truth of my experience so that we can feel a sense of vulnerability together on this quest to find a better way. Mm, I love it. I love that you just said quest because it does feel like that. A quest isn't something that's easy. (laughs) It's something that you embark upon and you don't know the solution or the answer and you don't tie a pretty bow around it. So I hear you. Number one, permission to make a different choice, to choose what is truly nourishing and not 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 that 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 counterfeit connection. We'll talk more about that. And then also number two, to be real, to be real with your own journey. Of course, I'll be real with mine, but you know, to have this conversation as sisters, right? And as women on the quest without the answers, but just in the question of it. Um yeah. so Becca, for you, I know that you and I have been talking about this off and on for a couple of years, but I'm, I'm wondering what for you made you start seeing? Now we're talking about, of course, we're talking about social media in, is the main lens of, 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 of connection here. So, so let's talk about that for a second. And then we'll call, we'll talk about all the other ways that we aren't really nourishing ourselves. Cause there's lots of different ways, but for you and your relationship with social media, I'm curious, when did you wake up to the fact that maybe this isn't as nourishing as it's sold to be like, could you just give us an idea of what your journey is, was like, or has been like, like the first moment, if if you could, of realizing, wow, this is actually an issue and this isn't helping me always. Sometimes this harms me. Would you share a little bit about when you feel like you've kind of had that moment? Yeah, it's interesting. I can't pinpoint a moment. And my first initial feeling was a little bit of shame, <laughs> which is like, oh, I've known for a long time. Yeah. I've known for a long time the and and I actually want to be clear that I'm not actually in the camp of all social media is bad. Mm-hmm. Not at all, in fact. Uh, but the harmful moments, the harmful ways I've known about for a long time. And actually, hmm, a moment does come to mind, which is when the Cambridge Analytica thing came out about – what I just watched that Netflix documentary, The Hack or The Great Hack, yeah. which freaked me out so bad, uh, which has to do with this Cambridge Analytica company leveraging Facebook data to manipulate voter sentiment against Hillary Clinton and for Donald Trump in the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And, um, I read about that and then I started reading more articles about from former, from like the original engineers of the iPhone and Facebook uh, who have left the company and actually have said, I believe that these are causing harm. I be- these have been engineered for your addiction. I don't let my children <laughs> use these things. I thought, ooh. 
5K. And I actually really appreciated the lens of these have been engineered for your addiction. Yeah. Because I realized, oh, I'm addicted. Hmm. And that's that's interesting. So, and then I haven't walked away, but since that happened, when did that happen? Two years ago, year and a half ago, I've been in this more of an inquiry and less of ignoring the harm that I could feel in my system. It's Mm -hmm. been more like, okay, speaking truth, this is happening. And I wonder what I'm going to do about it kind Mm -hmm. of a thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, cool. So that's like the beginning of the quest, right? Of like the awareness that, that, that something isn't totally right here without the need to fix it immediately, but something's not right here. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, I want to talk about the word addiction. I want to share my definition of the word that I've learned from, from a dear friend. And then I also would love for you to talk about, because the, the word addiction is super triggering for mm-hmm. a lot of people. I, I want I want us to talk about because you know a lot about this, Becca, right? The dopamine effects, right? All of it. I want us to talk about kind of how we define addiction and then talk about the ways that our phone is addicting us. And I also want to talk about the ways that social media are great, right? And then I want to talk about the ways that they are, it is actually creating counterfeit connections. So I want to look at all of that in the inquiry that, that you're in right now that we're both in. So let's talk about addiction. Do you do you want to share what that word means to you in this sense? Ooh. I I'm so curious to hear yours. Yeah. I think to me what comes to mind with addiction is like compulsion, like it's it's almost it's like beyond there's some permission giving in the word addiction around like feeling beyond choice. Mm-hmm. or very, very difficult to choose otherwise. There's like a chemical component, I think, like brain chemistry component that makes it so. And I always, I often think about alcohol addiction as someone who has alcoholism in my family, of it being like a disease level. Yeah. And not that we can't choose, but it's often very, very, very hard. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's a level of intensity to a behavior. Mm. I love that you said there's a it's beyond choice like it's a compulsion that feels beyond choice and there's yeah. a chemical component to it right it doesn't mean you're weak <laughs> that you scroll at midnight through social media it means this is a compulsion it's beyond choice and like like you were saying to go back to this idea of like oh there it's engineered for your addiction it's beyond your choice because there's a chemical thing happening here yeah do you want to share a little bit about the dopamine hit that we get when we're on social media. And then I'll share my definition of addiction and we can go a little bit deeper with it. But could you, for those who may, for those who may not know, and again, neither Becca nor I are experts, we're on our own quest here. Could you speak a little bit to the chemical component of what is happening when we're on social media, when we're engaging in it? Yeah. So there's a chemical called dopamine, that when it's triggered by an action in your brain, it basically feels like really good, <laughs> like like joy, like yummy goodness that makes you want to do it again because you want to feel that way. And so w- when we get a like 
or a heart or a comment or anything that this is often referred to as like gamification, some sort of response to our actions in the design of some sort of system or game or network. Um, it keeps us engaged because we want to feel it again. Mm-hmm. So the, so often the, the example I, that I am currently constantly navigating is making a post on Instagram and then constantly refreshing to see who's liked it. <laughs> and, we, and we've all done this. Can we just like hands just up? Who keep does- it real. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. That is a, an addict addiction response. That is a dopamine hit response because when you get the likes, it feels good, right? Oh, feels so good. It feels so good. And for me, someone who we were just talking about how I have a, a my sun sign is in Leo, and how I've been making a lot of, um, I've done a lot of healing work around not feeling shame for needing to be seen that actually being seen, all of us need to be seen. Let's just be real about that. But I like really need to be seen. And and when I'm seen, I can, it fills my cup so I can see and pour love on everyone else. I am like a better space holder, coach, witnesser when I'm seen. Yeah. And a lot of us in this age of loneliness, George Monbiot calls this the age of loneliness, where we're more connected than ever before technologically, but that we feel more lonely, more depressed. There's more suicidal ideation in the consciousness. We're feeling desperately lonely, a lack of belonging more than ever before in recorded history. And we're all on our phones trying to remedy that mm. through the likes, through the dopamine hit of what my friend Stephanie Berg in an episode, a few months back when we talked about our struggle with linear time, counterfeit connection. Mm-hmm. It's something, it's a little something, but it doesn't last. Yeah. So we keep coming back to it. So that dopamine hit is engineered into the experiences of these apps so that we keep coming back. Mm. What you just said captures, I think, why we decided to have this conversation. And Becca, what I want to reflect to you is that I know this is what you're here to take a stand for. I want to I repeat some highlights of what you said. Is that okay with you just to really, really bring home some of the pieces you said? Is that all right yeah, with you? Please, yeah. So what I, the picture that I want to paint here is that we started talking about dopamine. Okay, so these 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 apps, these the gamification of social media, the likes, the hearts, the comments, right? It is impacting on us on a brain level. We get dopamine hits. It feels good, right? And what we know about dopamine in general, right? And in my experience of dopamine is in, in all studies of addiction, when you get that hit. In order for you to feel the same way today, right, or tomorrow as you did yesterday, you have to have more. So like the same amount of dopamine doesn't get you that same high every single day. You need more. You need more. That's why they say addiction is is a progressive disease, right, in alcoholism or in relationships or in drugs, right? So the more you need more and more and more dopamine. Now, what Becca, what I heard you say, and I want you to tell me if this is, is, is right, the reason, the, the reason we're doing this, right, we have good intentions here and it's not our fault that we're 
scrolling and addicted. It's not our fault we're addicted because what we're really longing for in in the experience of connecting through social media is we're longing to be seen, we're longing to belong, we're longing to be connected. And like you said, the, the, the remedy of this age of loneliness is connection. But you're, what, what I hear you saying is social media is giving us the kind of a quick fix of that connection, and it isn't the real long-term solution for the connection and the belonging that we all are really craving. Am I understanding that right? Yes. And I think that there can be ways to interact on social media that can be more meaningful and healthy and and create long-term connection. Okay. But the majority of us in the dopamine action reaction response aren't able to see or create space to, to go deeper in that interaction with human beings. Like what I'm referring to is like, slowing down the scroll or curating your feed so that when someone gives a comment, you give a meaningful comment back or you send them a message, really truly witnessing them for that like vulnerable share that they just gave instead of being so hyped up and caught up on the numbers and the likes and the immediate hit and going deeper into, okay, human being that lives across the country, but I see and feel in your like deep Instagram posts, for instance, like, I want us to feel a deeper soul level connection with each other. And how can I do that? I can slow my pace down and, and feed that connection with you. But you have to then bypass that like immediate dopamine addiction to get into that level, mm. which is what I'm calling myself into in a deeper way, because that means I have to slow down. Mm. How are you doing that, Becca? Like how, I mean, in practice, and I know it's not perfect, but, you know, there's a difference between, you know, you you going and you having a half a bottle of wine at night or a bottle of wine or a pint of ice cream and choosing to move slow enough to appreciate the taste of the wine or the taste of the ice cream. And what you're saying in social media's case is you've got to slow down and bypass the immediate gratification to develop deeper connections. How are you doing that? in practice right now? Like what's your experience like? Is what's your experience like and is it working for real? For real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I can't wait to hear your answer to these questions too because I'm totally curious. (laughs) Um, I love that you brought up drinking and wine. Um, I'm actually like very sober curious right now. So the the wine's not a thing for me, but the, the food, the food thing I love that parallel you just made because I I have similar behaviors with social media and my time and food, mm-hmm. which is the struggle with rushing through to probably bypass an emotional experience. I don't like discomfort, right? Yeah. Like there there's such like a similarity. There's a through line there. So Something I was just talking about with um, Caitlin, who is the editor of this podcast, my business manager and dear, beautiful friend, 
is actually um, having like dedicated connection time on social media as opposed to filling those moments of boredom or resistance to falling asleep mm-hmm. or the time on the toilet mm-hmm. when you scroll, <laughs> right? Just to like catch up or whatever, see what other people are doing, compare and despair, you know, all that stuff. But to have like, this is my dedicated time to check in on social media. There's a different energy, right? I'm checking in. I'm probably going to have space to respond to that article or that share or whatever it is. There's like a deeper devotion to that experience of like exchange of energy mm-hmm. versus the um, the scroll, for lack yeah. of a better word, the scroll on whatever whatever thing you're scrolling in. And it's like the same thing is like just you're bored. So you just like walk over and open the fridge or the pantry door. Yep. And you're just like, what can I shove in my mouth right now? It's just like, well, maybe you just need to be bored. Yeah. Or maybe you just need – maybe you need a nap. Maybe you need a drink of water. Maybe you need to take a walk. But what are you choosing instead You know, for that dopamine hit, for that short-term – experience of like light pleasure light as opposed to that deep nourishing healing medicine of you know a meditation or a walk or a deep conversation with your beloved or sitting down and actually having a deep exchange so that you can create sustainable lasting connection with folks instead of this counterfeit version and i really struggle with creating that time and space I'm a rusher. I, for many reasons, because of our society, internalized capitalism, being married to like an engineer who's a human design generator who literally can't slow down. Like there's so many reasons, right? But it, but ultimately when I am slowing down the pace of nature, I feel my roots in the earth I feel my heart beating in my chest. I feel my intuition talking to me. I'm a better listener, a better friend, a better partner, a better human, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the practice I'm in with both food and phone. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I, you just said so much that I'm like, yep, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, yep. I want to talk – I do want to share my experience just to to put it Please. in here and not pretend like I'm I know all the things. I'm just gonna because I, I want to share it too, and then I and then I want to go deeper with sustainable, lasting connection versus counterfeit connection because I think that's really the through line of what we're really talking about here, whether mm-hmm. it's on social media or not. So I want to loop back there afterwards. Um, what I what I heard from you and what I know in my own experience, I quit drinking alcohol almost six years ago. After, you know, my relationship with food and alcohol were, you know, predominantly uh, numbing, not nourishing. I mean, it's really that's for me, it's like, is this numbing or is this nourishing? I think those are the, the, the I love the, the, the alliteration of numbing or nourishing, numbing or nourishing. And what I know about myself is that whenever I am reaching for what I call a quick fix, right, the, the numbing effect or the dopamine hit, it's just that that quick fix It's that quick high. It is 100% of the time, because I am so uncomfortable being with myself and the empty space. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's 100% of the time what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a perfect example. Last Yesterday, my phone died 
around like four o'clock PM and and my husband was gonna pick me up, was picking me up and we were went to this farmer's market together and there was this moment where, you know, he we we were eating together. We had our lawn chairs on in the square of where I live and it was just this beautiful experience. And he went up to like go get something. And my immediate reaction was to lean down in my bag to grab my phone. Like the second he got up and his back was turned to me, it was like and I had this this moment of like, hmm oh, my phone's dead. I can't do that. But it's like that need to always be doing something. I, I mean, I'm with you, Becca. We're so similar in this way. And I think a lot of, I think, I think a lot of people and women and humans are um, for lots yeah. of different reasons, all of which you mentioned already. But that, that inability to sit with ourselves and to sit with empty space is challenging. Right. And it's like, what am I really longing for in that moment? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm longing for connection. So if I'm trying to get it from my phone, right, because I'm by myself right now, like, how can I just get it from myself? How can I just get it from this moment as much as possible? And it's not perfect. We're not perfect. We're not supposed to be perfect. There's never going to be a time in my life, right, where um, I've got this all figured out. I don't think that's going to be true for any of us. But ultimately, it's simply about being aware of our habits and patterns so that we can change them mm -hmm. and choosing nourishing versus numbing, right? And we're given that option a hundred flipping times a day, a hundred times a day. Uh, and I really hear you that the key to it is, is awareness. And the only way you can be aware is if you're going slower. So I'm a generator. I'm a pure generator in human design. Um, you know, we're both former corporate women. Yeah. Wait, can you say what your job used to be? Because I just love it. I just love yes. it. Yes. I, I used to work on Wall Street. I was a Wall Street bond trader. So yeah, talk about insanity and fast pace. And, you know, I would sprint to the bathroom because I didn't think <laughs> I had enough time to walk Crazy. to the bathroom to pee. Yeah. And so my brain is wired for addiction. I mean, it just, I think all of our brains are wired for addiction, to be quite honest. It's just what the brain does. It's that feel we like as humans, we either want to feel pleasure or we want to feel, we want to avoid pain, right? We want to avoid pain. We want to feel pleasure. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the phone gives us pleasure, right? My job gave me pleasure, right? It's like I was just getting high all the time. Mm -hmm. I want to share, I want to share this one definition of addiction. Yeah. Because I think it's really helpful. It actually really softened my own relationship with my addictive tendencies. I think all humans are addicted. I think we're all addicted to something. We're either, yeah. it, it can be wine, it can be food, it can be social media, it can be our phones, it can be misery, it can be worry, it can be money, it can be sex. I mean, there's so many things. But here's this, this definition is taken from my friend, Tommy Rosen. And Tommy describes addiction. His definition of addiction is, quote, any behavior you continue to do despite the fact it brings negative consequences into your life. Oh, well, there it is. Isn't that beautiful? It's like, yep, yep. I think we can all raise our hands. Like there's some part of our lives that we're doing that. We're, we're, there's a behavior that we do that we keep doing, even though we know it brings negative consequences into our life. That's addiction. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean we're like bad, evil sinners or whatever it is, right? Like no, we are inherently good beings and addiction is also a thing. Yeah. And I also just think that like, 
if we know brain science, we know that we are wired for this. So then how do we shift out of being, I'm going to say victims to our own brain chemistry and how do we take our power back and really choose the things that nourish us? So I think that goes back to like the through line of this conversation, which is like, how do we develop sustainable lasting connection versus counterfeit connection? And Becca, I hear you saying that like, you do feel like you can have both of those things on social media. Do you really Mm -hmm. believe that? Like, of like, okay, we know that like, I don't know, what percentage of people, uh, this is going to be a made up question right now, but I'm curious to know what you you say. Like what percentage of people on social media would you say are experiencing the counterfeit connection? Ooh, um, a lot. (laughs) I mean, uh, based on nothing, my intuition, 75%. Totally. You Mm -hmm. know, like really high. Yeah. Really high. So the reason that this conversation was even planted, the seed of this conversation was planted, would you, would you tell people where this came from, just the conversation around your new program and yeah. your own internal debate around social media, being involved in it? Will you share a little bit of the background of like why we decided to finally talk about this more in public? Totally. Well, first I want to say I came to you because and I want you to share this when it feels right at some point in this conversation, because you have made some pretty, I don't know if drastic's the right word, but you've made some major decisions about what you will and won't share on social media and how much you're on it. Yeah. And I've watched you do that, like mouth agape, like that's possible. <laughs> and I also knew I couldn't make the same choices you did because we are different human beings, you know, but I was inspired, like deeply inspired. I know you closed a Facebook group, which I'd love to hear about, you know, all this stuff. So then here I am over here being very nourished by social media in some ways and very much feeling harm that I am both causing and, and receiving in other ways. And feeling confused and not wanting to personally, not wanting to be very binary. It's bad or it's good. I'm watching like family members leave social media. I'm I'm watching harm. Ha- I I mean, I have one family member. I can't say much more than this, but has been really harmed on Facebook mm-hmm. since the 2016 election. So I've watched myself feel less and less safe on Facebook specifically. And lean more and more to a beautiful community on Instagram. Mm. I know they're both owned by Facebook. I know. <laughs> We're not going to talk about like that right now because I also, I'm married to a, who we actually just heard it from a few weeks ago. I'm married to a man who's like very much in security and he's like, if you're on it, they own you. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. <laughs> so I've accepted that. <laughs> I've accepted that, right? But there's also like the design of the ecosystem, right? The way interaction happens and what has transpired by humanity in these two areas. I know there are many more. I don't even go on Twitter. Twitter feels like the ultimate unsafe place for me. But I noticed in Facebook, I just didn't want to go there. 
I didn't actually want to be on it, but I had a program called the Creative Sisterhood Oh, that I just want to honor and send so much love to this beautiful, beautiful community that I ran for a little over three years that I have since closed, that the main community component was in a Facebook group. And a lot of people who came to me and wanted to learn more about healthy sisterhood, learn about witnessing, live with the seasons, talk about belonging, all this stuff, fan the flames of their creative fire. We're feeling, we're like directly being like, I want to join this, but like, I don't like Facebook. And I'd be like, I know, but Facebook is where everyone is. So so, uh, I often recommended that they create secondary profiles and friend no one just so they could be in our Facebook group, which a lot of people did. Some people didn't, all that stuff, right? But the fact of the matter was I felt like energetically, I still do. There's something in that Facebook ecosystem that just, it wasn't feeling like it was kindling the flames of connection. It really felt like, like it was almost like there was like an invisible boulder. And all of us in the community were like, if we just climb over the boulder, there's like a fire and a spring and wonderful food and a song circle and they're weaving a tapestry and we can braid each other's hair and we can bleed on the earth, you know, like all the things we want to do, but we have to climb over this massive boulder. And I kept being like, yeah, yeah, I'll climb with you. We'll just climb daily. But like, oh, so I finally just had to say that to you yeah. and be like, I want us to do it a different way because I am a stand for like meaningful connection and I'm scared. I'm scared for admitting that. So now I've said those words and I got to tell you, I already feel real liberated for speaking that truth. Well, so let's just witness that truth. I witness it. I invite everybody who's listening to witness it, to witness the truth that there's a boulder when you're on social media and you're trying to create the community and the sense of belonging that you are here to do in the world. There's a boulder when you're on social media for you. That doesn't have to be true for everyone. Right. But I just witnessed that. And you said something to me. You said something to me when we were talking a couple of days ago. You said, I can't show up fully on social media. I can't show up fully on social media. Yeah. And there's fear there too of um will you speak to the fear, Becca? Like like what's the scary thing of saying like there's a boulder? Like so you when we started talking about this, it was like you have this incredible new program that is the fire, <laughs> that is the mm. it's it's what's on the other side of that flipping boulder. Like that's the new yeah. program that you have created, yeah. this new offering that is like coming soon, right? And we can talk yeah. more about that too if you choose. But I want to acknowledge that like when you took a step back and you were like, well, in order for me to have that, there was this belief that everybody's on Facebook. I have to have Facebook. So, so, so I'm curious just to be very clear for where you're going and the type of community and the way you want to kindle the flames of connection. Do you feel like you can do that on Facebook? I personally can't. I I personally can't because I just feel like there's this is a little woo woo but energetically 
I don't, I do not feel, I'm not getting in like political fights on faith. That's not my jam. Like I'm not, I'm not actually in, in conflict on Facebook in that way. And I, you know, I don't feel fear about sharing my voice on Facebook, but I feel everyone else's fear. I feel the conflict there and I feel energetically the bolder. Mm-hmm. So I had this belief that everyone was on, quote, everyone's on Facebook. So that's where the community can happen. But what I, what I, this is where I'm talking about the harm I caused. I was saying, I believe in community. I believe in sisterhood. I believe we need to reclaim the sense of belonging. Let's go do it on Facebook. no (laughs) you know and certainly we got we got pieces of it i'm not saying it was a total fail we got beautiful pieces of it gorgeous witnessing and i like held that container as best i could but it wasn't fully what i'm capable of Mm. and i want to say something here because i i do i people who would leave who would cancel and then we ask why are you canceling they would say like i'm not getting what i need i'm more called to doing this in person And I'd be like, totally, I am called to do this in person too. You know, like community in person is great, but like it's actually kind of ableist. Thais Sky, who I interviewed in an episode a little bit ago, was like actually saying that, you know, you're only going to have in-person community is an ableist concept because not all of us can get that based on where we live and our accessibility and and our ability in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying like, it isn't possible online, but it's very important to create the right container and the and be on the right platform. And I actually, so I'm going to an, a new space that is entirely like created by me and my team. And I am nervous. I am nervous that it it won't be convenient. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I I stayed. Is I was like, well, Facebook is convenient. Yeah, but like convenience will kill us all. I mean, plastic is convenient. Like we need to, and I'm not a stand for the ultimate inconvenience. Yeah. I know that if we want to feel belonging and be in deep relationship with the earth and each other and our bodies and our ancestors, that it's courageous choice time. And so that starts with me. Mm. Oh, Becca, that's so beautiful. So (laughs) courageous choice the, is the opposite of convenience. So let's just, that's just like, I hear you in that. And, and thank you for speaking about the, the ableist piece, right? You're not leaving the internet. That's not the conversation no. we're having right now. We're mm-hmm. speaking specifically about the ways that you, like as Becca, who takes a stand for true belonging, true, sustainable, lasting connection, community, being seen, belonging. What you're saying is that for you, it is out of integrity to try to develop those communities, right, on a social media platform, on Facebook, particularly, and and it's and it's it's easier and it's more convenient. But there's been a part of you that's felt out of integrity, and the people who are called to you are also, right, feeling tired of social media in some capacity. So, in order for you to be in integrity with the work that you're here to do to really have what's on the other side of that boulder, which was such a clear vision, I think, for all of us to like, I mean, I felt that when you were talking about it, there's a boulder in the way when you're on social media, when you're on Facebook, particularly for you in cultivating community, that's like, you can't have what you desire to create from that place for you. 
And, you know, I think one of the things that's so interesting is the way that you're describing the feeling sense. And and I want to speak to this because it's important, I think, you know, you, you, for you, the experience of social media is some parts of it are nourishing and some parts aren't nourishing. Correct? Oh, yeah. Right. And when you get on Facebook, it feels a certain way right? Mm -hmm. So you trust that feeling. When you get on Instagram, it doesn't feel the same way, right? It feels better. Because I've deeply curated the experience for me. How so? In what way? You and I were talking about this, right? Like like who you're following, what what your feed is presenting to you, what the inputs into your system are when you scroll. Like dealing with FOMO, and saying, fine, I'll have JOMO. I'll have the joy of missing out on things. And I don't need to follow all the people and all the things. I'm going to create a feed that really nourishes me and is people I want to stay connected with, people I want to interact with, people I want to learn from. Uh, I just discovered the mute function. So you can like keep following people, but just like mute them for a while. Like a really good friend who you love so much, but like in some way their posts aren't serving you in that time. You're working through an envy thing or you're working through whatever and you just need to mute them for a little bit, you know, like that is self-care. So that is personally something I've been able to discover on Instagram to make it a gorgeous place for me to be seen, share myself, learn and have connection. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are some people on Facebook, like especially like my mama friends who are in like breastfeeding groups or like raising multiples groups are getting great, great things from Facebook. Yeah. So I want to honor that. You know, there's complexity yeah. here. I'm again, this is not a conversation of binary, it's good or bad. I just know that it's the boulder for me. And I've gotten enough feedback from the people I serve to, for them to hear that it's a boulder for them. So we're removing the boulder. Oh, it's so beautiful. Thank you for normalizing everything you just said, Becca. That like my my version of my relationship with social media is going to be different than yours. It's going to be different than hers. It's going to be different than his. It's it's going to be different than theirs. It's every single one of us. It, it's going to be different. And it, there's no right or wrong. Like this is not about binary. It's simply about what feels right to you. Yeah. And And, you know, for me, social media, all of it, Stop nourishing me. It's some all point of about it. a year and a half ago. All of it stopped nourishing yeah. me. And, and so I had to take a, a big step back and a big break from posting, from engaging. I closed a, a tremendous Facebook group that I had, a huge Facebook group. Yeah. Can you just, can we, can I hear a little oh. bit more about that? Because I'm Absolutely. personally curious and there's got to be people out there who, because how many people were in it? There were f- over 40,000 people in the group. Okay. So not a, not a small decision, not a small decision. And it had been open for years for five, almost six years. And, um, it, it was, and I really want to honor the group and I want to honor what you're saying about, about the ability to cultivate, to cultivate connection via social media, you know, for people who, you know, where this it was called the gratitude circle was the group that I that I started and then that I closed, and you know I watched it. I watched it heal people's depression. I watched it decrease anxiety. I watched loners finally make connection. I mean, people in the group would visit each other. There were couples who fell in love through the group. I mean, I want to really mm. honor that that 
happened, that that is possible, that there can be true connection. I, I watched healing happen. I watched suicides prevented. I watched loved ones, you know, be consoled, it, really powerful. Hmm. And then at some point for me, and this happened two years ago, maybe more, and it really took me almost two years to finally listen to what I knew to be true, which was to close the group. It felt like it was doing more harm than good. And what I mean by that is ultimately it was a safe online space where it felt like people could keep hiding from, mm. their, from their lives. Right. And while it did so much good, it was just, just like I knew to start it six years ago, it, it was time to close it. And I knew that. And I knew it was going to make a lot of people really unhappy and some people really sad and some people really angry. And what was true for me was that, you know, it is, it, it, I, I kept seeing this image of this dandelion of like me literally blowing the dandelion and, and letting the spores just go right now, take everything you've learned and go into your community, start your own group, like have a conversation with your family member, like go meet your neighbor and be grateful for them. Like, how do we take what we've learned here and then actually imprint it into the physical world. Because from my experience of, of Facebook at times or social media, I'll say in general, I'm not on Twitter. I never really have been or any of the other things. I'm, I'm occasionally on Instagram and still on Facebook occasionally, but I had to take a big step back. And part of it for me is because I felt like I was personally hiding in Facebook and I felt like I wasn't present in my life. I wasn't mm -hmm present in my life. And I realized that what was most important in the world for me was to cultivate deep, meaningful connection that would last a lifetime, right? So I could be in that hard conversation with my husband and not pick up the phone to avoid it, right? Yeah. Or yeah. be in that hard conversation with a sister and not, you know, you know, have the illusion that like everything's fine because like, look at this, like, look how good it feels to like do this thing on Facebook. So for me, it was like, I have got to be comfortable in my uncomfortableness of being nobody on social media. And I think I've said this to you before, Becca, it was like, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Like I was having this experience of like, if I live my amazing flipping life, and don't post about it. And it's not validated by anybody other than me or who's with me. And can I be okay with that? Mm -hmm. Can I be okay just living my life and that being enough and not having it be validated? And what I was noticing in my relationship with social media is that I was half living my life and then in person and then half living it on social media. And that wasn't good enough anymore for me. So that is why I took a straight, like I, I closed the group. I took a break for quite some time. I think I could count how many times I've posted in the past year or so. And um, I'm, I'm just choosing to live my life um, and choosing to do things differently. I still have an online business, right? I work with people all over the place. We meet on Zoom, you know, but so it's not like it's not like I'm, I'm off the Internet. It's just that I'm choosing to be more in my life. And I know for me, it's the feeling sense and yeah. your feeling is different. And I think that's, I think that the point here is like only us, only we as individuals really know the harm that social media is doing. And when we become aware of that, then we have to have the courage to do the thing to do to heal that harm for mm -hmm. ourselves and mm. the world. 
Yeah, it's been so cool to watch you do this because you have kind of a big following. You had like over 10,000 Instagram followers. Like I just like watched you do it. Like, wow. Like she's removing any sort of validation to her ego here. Like she's truly in deep devotion to the practice of belonging within herself and in her community. And I also know at the same time you had moved to a new town where you didn't know a lot of people. And I just watched you like bravely walk into that, like through those flames of truth and of integrity and of like devotion to presence in your life. And I, I mean, I see the courage in that choice. I really do. And it's been so cool to feel inspired by it. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Thank you. So can we, can we, I want to look at the sustainable lasting connection and what's on the other side of the boulder for you. And then I also would love to, I don't know if you, I'd love to just like call to action for you and then for other people as well. Um, Will you tell us a little bit about what you can sense your life, your work, your contribution looks like without the boulder. And so I'm speaking, you know, of what you described earlier, like the fire, the songs, the bleeding on the land, the, 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 the doing the real work of, of being seen. Mm-hmm. Will you tell us a little bit about that and um, what you can sense is like, okay, you've given yourself permission to not have Facebook be the source of community for Mm -hmm. your next offerings. And so will you tell us what it looks like when the boulder's gone? Like, what can you sense? I love the way you're phrasing it because it's actually, I'm such a visual person that (laughs) you're like, can you tell me what it looks like with the boulder gone? I'm like, yes, I can. As opposed (laughs) to, so what's the plan, Becca? I'm like, I don't know. But I can tell you what it feels and looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So um, side note for all our manifesting generators out there, our manifestors, it's so, so, so important to vision first. Actually, that's important for everyone. But specifically for those human design types, it's so important to vision first or you'll just get lost and you'll just generate and do anything. And then you feel like you're off the path. It's just very important to to make to validate for all of you who are like, I spend so much time dreaming. Very, very, very important. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In our culture of doing. So with the boulder removed, there's less places for us to hide and avoid Mm -hmm. the deeper work of belonging, which is what you so beautifully shared in your own choices and realizations in your work and in social media. So if, if we are truly desiring a deeply rooted sense of home in ourselves, if we're truly desiring to feel belonging, well, that's kind of scary and nerve wracking. And so we need community to hold us in that. So that's why I'm still creating a space for us to hold each other up, talk through, witness each other, a community space, just not on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And in order to flow with the seasons, connect with our ancestors, feel our discomfort in our bodies, reclaim a sense of joy and wonderment in our world, and cultivate in person and online meaningful connection, 
it's important that we do this work. And I am very intentional with this word work, especially as someone who's like all about unraveling internalized capitalism. There's an element of devotion and being with a sense of being with ourselves throughout the wheel of the year. And so with the boulder removed, we're each flowing in our own way. Some of us are in the Southern hemisphere feeling winter, spring, and some of us are in the Northern hemisphere feeling summer, fall, and some of us are bleeding and some of us aren't. And some of us are really struggling with our relationship with women. Some of us have a massive circle that howls at the moon every month. Some of us are really struggling with our the mother wound in our relationship to the women of our lineage. And some of us are adopted or people of color or, or indigenous, or some of us realize we've got some seriously racist ancestors and we've got to make peace with that. And there's all these different places we are on this journey. I think that's really important to acknowledge is that we're all in our different places on the path. And so we've got to flow together and not hide under the boulder or just focus on how hard it is to climb over it, you know? And then there are practices that root us all together, right? There are the practices of ritual, of creating altars, of being in nature, of noticing how our body feels, of marking where the moon phase is, of when the first flowers bloom, of when the harvest is that we can all sort of ground into as we work our work in this embodied life, in this time. So I get a sense on the other side of the boulder, everyone's doing their work, but we're all together in one space that is deeply held, you know, like there's like, (laughs) there's like a witch or a wizard. (laughs) This is what I see, like casting the, the protection around us as we're each doing this courageous work together in the same space in our own ways. Oh, I am so glad I asked that question. Yeah, me too. Because, Becca, what I hear so much is this feels like, and and I know that this is the way that you have committed to living your life, right, these past many years. And your return to your own sense of belonging and I want to say more, but I do want to just have you interject. Will you share the four kind of main pillars of 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 belonging? Really, just the you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The four main areas. Will you just share those so everyone can get an idea of the way that you lens this? Yeah, just the the four areas of my life where I've really have worked and continue to work a deeper sense of belonging, or belonging to myself and my body, belonging to the wild, to the ways of the earth belonging to a lineage, ancestors, who and what we come from, and to community. So in in sisterhood or in kinship, those are the mm-hmm. four areas. Yeah. So thank you for speaking them because I think it gives so much context to, you know, you have, you, through a combination of your own deep listening, the, the, the way that you've cultivated your life and through all of the learning and teaching, I know that you have been a devoted student and you are a devoted teacher to these ways, to living this way, to living in these you know, su- sustainable, lasting ways of connection to these four main points. And what I've witnessed you do, right, is over, over our friendship, since I've known you, is, is embody these so deeply mm. that you are now 
it's almost like it's it's overflowing so much you are it is now your time to pass all of this wisdom on and i don't say that from a like that cuz the wise one i know that you would absolutely reject that that's not what i'm saying but from a place of sharing from a place of sisterhood from a place of teaching these ancient ways and you know what i'm witnessing happening with you right now as you really stepping into and claiming that this is your work it is to tend this fire mm-hmm. it's to really tend this hearth mm-hmm. and to tend this sense of belonging um within yourself within your body within the earth within the wild within your lineage and ancestry and with your community. And I've watched the way that you've lived, that you live and how much these ways have changed you and they've changed your, your marriage and your sacred partnership with Tim and how it's changed your community and your sisterhood and your relationship with your body and your work. And, and it's just so beautiful to witness. And as, as this boulder has been, you know, pushed away, it just feels like full permission for you now to step into this and then to invite other people into into this space. And I'm so excited for everyone that gets to experience it, mm. myself included. Mm. Wow. That felt really good. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you so yeah. much for seeing me in that. Yeah, I do. Mm. I do. I do. So I feel like there are, there's, there's one more piece that I just want to feel into how I want to ask it. I don't know, Becca, is there anything you want to say? I feel like, Mm -hmm. is there an invitation or a calling forth for anyone here listening yourself, me even, um, of like, what is, what feels like real here for, um, how to like make this actionable on an individual level of like what's next yeah i think first and foremost in this space i think before you go off to your next thing wherever you're listening and you know cuz sometimes the podcast ends and it's like off to the next thing right if we if you can hold this space that like i just really feel like i've my energy is slowed down and i feel very just like the magic of deep connection with you julie and everyone and so in this space where you can feel your own um threads weaving with ours dear listener love is is get really real with yourself maybe take out a piece of paper, journal, and write down the ways you aren't getting the connection you need. And and I want to be, I want us to be mindful about a list of all the, all the actions we hate about ourselves or like a list of all the ways we suck. It's not that, it's not that. Remember, it's like a deeper systemic issue, right? But what are you craving and not getting? Mm. You know, Mm. Amber Ray, who is an amazing, amazing speaker and thinker has this great post. We'll put it in the show notes on Instagram called, should I post this? Why am I posting? And she has three questions. One, is it for likes and attention? One is I need to quote, keep up. And the other one is I have something to say. And I really love that 
And basically she's saying post if you have something to say, but those other two, you're not getting actually what you need by posting on social media. And so I think that's a beautiful lens to bring into this question you're asking yourself right now, which is like, why, why am I doing these things? And what, what would actually get me what I need? Mm. Mm. Thank you, Becca. That's such a beautiful inquiry. I think it's something we can inquire with ourselves regularly, all of us, right? Because, you know, we get swept up in the things and the stuff. And if we can just constantly be asking ourselves, why am I doing this and what do I really need? Yeah. Often the answer is different, you know? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I need a nap. Or I need to go off social media for a year or whatever it is in the in-between. Yeah. 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 I just feel the depth of, of awareness and presence and, and, and self-inquiry, right? Of just of really looking. Why am I doing this? What do I really need? And then what support, I would add, if this is all right, Becca, yeah. of what, what support do I need in order to get that thing? Right. So here's what I need. I need, I need a teacher. I need, um, a retreat. I need a bath. I need a weekend away. And so whatever that thing, or I need, uh, you know, I need to lay on my couch for five minutes. Like what is, what is the support that you need in order to either give yourself permission to have that thing or to, to rearrange things in your life to get that? How do you, how can you really get resourceful in order resourceful and courageous Mm -hmm. to give yourself permission to then listen to and answer what your heart needs. Because when your heart tells you what it needs, you have a choice. We all have a choice. Do we listen or not? And so I think there's like kind of the third step of this. And this is like, well, then what needs to happen? What Mm -hmm. support do you need to really, to really listen um, and develop that deeper connection with yourself so that your soul knows that when it talks to you, you're going to honor it and listen. Yeah. Good one. Good one, bud. I love you so. I love much. you. Can we just have a two, can we have a two hour long podcast episode? <laughs> of us just, just loving each other. Thank you so much for, first of all, suggesting this. Oh, and talk about support. You have just been so there for me. I remember when I first brought this up, I was so nervous and I didn't want to like impede on your boundaries and your own care and your introvertedness. And you just were like, (laughs) yes, I'm available and have shown up so beautifully in sisterhood for me. And, uh, and this conversation was so cool and you are so cool. Ditto. (laughs) Ditto. Um, I'd like to seed plant something before we complete. I know we're winding down. Plant that seed, baby. I want I want to seed plant what's on the other side of the boulder because I know you're going to be announcing it very soon. Yeah. And I don't know if if I, I know you don't want to talk about it yet. Do you wanna do you wanna sneak preview the name of what's coming <gasps> for those who are interested in joining you on the other side of the boulder? You don't have to, but yeah, it's well. just does it feel right to share? so many hints. <laughs> it's kind of cool. So the the name of the new program is called Hearthfire. 
<laughs> so good. And it's coming very soon in the coming weeks, although it depends when you're listening to this. So if you're listening to this after September 2019, um, you can probably go on my website and check it out. But for those of you who are listening in the first week or two that this is live, it's coming very soon. And I'm so, so excited to share it with you, to share what's on the other side of the boulder and invite you into play with me and heal with me in it. Thank you for your bravery and your courage, Becca. Thank you for everything here in this space. And um, I'm just so happy to introduce you and your wisdom and your power to my community. So I was about to say, follow her on. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow. No, but you do have a website, juliesantiago.com. If people wanted to follow you in that way. (laughs) And I just love you so much. Thank you. I love you too. Thank you so much for listening. I know your time is sacred, and I hope this episode infused some inspiration and meaning into your day. For show notes, links, and references from this episode, you can go to belongingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to Belonging on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a moment, leave a review. This helps my little podcast reach more listeners, and I would be ever so grateful.